Hi there. We're so glad you found the Fabric Podcast. Before you start listening, we wanted to let you know that this is one of our earlier episodes where our show was called The Check-In. On these episodes, we talk about the company, giving you insight into who we are and what we do. But in 2019, we realized we really want to focus more on company culture. So we refocused and renamed the podcast. So just a heads up that this earlier episode is still us, the team from The Receptionist, but just with a different show name and a slightly different focus. Thanks for listening. On this episode of The Check-In, we're joined once again by President and CEO of The Receptionist, Andy Alsop. This is a fun episode because Andy gets to talk all about something he's passionate about, traction and EOS, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. So we get to learn what EOS is, why it's been so important to us here at The Receptionist, the different principles that we've been applying bigger picture and day-to-day, and specifically we talk about traction and how this has really helped us focus our efforts as we continue to grow and evolve and the impact that this continues to have on our company every day. Traction in EOS is a great model that can be applied at any business, but especially is great for those in the early stages. So Andy talks all about how we apply this, the learnings, the surprises, and where he thinks we would be had we not found traction in EOS, and it's not a pretty picture. But thankfully, we did find traction in EOS and have been applying it ever since, and we're thrilled with the results. So stick around to learn more about traction, EOS, and how we apply it here at The Receptionist. Well, I'm so excited to have Andy back on the podcast. How are you doing today, Andy? Doing great. Thanks for having me back on again. Yeah, well, I know you were excited to talk about today's topic. This is something that you are very passionate about. It's had a huge impact on what we do at The Receptionist. So we're talking about the Entrepreneurial Operating System, or EOS, and specifically Traction. So for our listeners who are not familiar with this, tell us a little bit about this model. Sure. Well, Traction is a book that is written by a guy named Gino Wickman. And I've talked about it in a couple of the past episodes, but I'm really glad that we're going to be talking about it in today's episode and really dedicating a whole episode to it because it is essentially, if you would think of an operating system that is used and you have two programmers that uh, need to talk to each other, both of those programmers have a common language if they are talking in a computer language or in an operating system. So the whole idea of calling it the entrepreneurial operating system is that it's sort of the operating system that a company can use to talk about different things where everybody's on the same page because everybody has studied basically the definitions of the operating system. It really sort of cuts short some of the issues that can come up in a company where you're trying to say, we want to do this, or we want to do that, or this person is this way or whatever. It kind of gives the whole company that that operating system. And that's a big reason why we brought it to the receptionist. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because communication is such a key component of any business, especially one that's really wanting to to grow and take off and evolve. And if you're not on the same page with how you communicate and what your focus is, that can be really hard. Now, what about this piece traction? Because like you said, that's something that's a concept we've talked about on a number of podcasts already. What's the traction part of EOS? Well, the traction part is about taking the entrepreneurial operating system and then applying it specifically to your business. There is something called the virtual traction organizer, or as it's called in short, VTO. And in fact, in our company, I can say anything. I can say something like, you know, let's take a look at the VTO. Everybody in the company knows what the VTO is and why it's there. What happened, it's, I think, a brilliant story. And it's what got me into the, the book so much. And it's very, it's told early on. 
is that Gene, and I may not tell this exactly right, but Gino Wickman's father was Gino's mentor. And one of Gino's friends came to him and said, you know, I'd really love to talk to your dad about this business I want to get started. I have this 25-page business plan that I'd like him to take a look at. So he goes into a meeting and goes to Gino's dad and said, here is the 25-page business plan. And Gino's dad looks at him and says, you know what, what about if you could get this down to like a 10-page business plan? Because you know, I'm really busy. I don't have a lot of time to, to review it. And so the entrepreneur goes away, comes back with a 10-page business plan. And then he says, you know what, what about if you could pull it down to like five pages? And so the entrepreneur once again goes down, boils it down a little bit further. And then he comes back and says, can you get it down to two pages? And so the entrepreneur is a little annoyed at this point. He's saying, you know, I've revised this thing four or five times. So he gets it down to two pages, brings it back, and Gino's dad says, could you get it to one page? And the entrepreneur says, no, I can't. This is it. I'm done. I can get it down to two. And so from that two-page business plan, out came the virtual attraction organizer. And it's a beautiful document because in two pages, you are doing things like saying what your core values are, what your 10-year plan is, what your three-year plan is, what your marketing plan is. And it's all concise and boiled down to a two-page document. And then if you meet a contractor, if you meet a potential employee, if you meet a big customer, you can hand them that document. And in two pages, that person can quickly grasp exactly where you're taking your business. So going back to the traction piece, having that two-page document and thinking through all of those things that boil it down to that two-page document mean that everybody is on the same page. You've got the traction you need to accelerate your business going forward. Wow, that's amazing. And it's, you know, for that person who had to originally boil it down to two pages, that must have been a lot of work, but how nice that you can then take that and move forward with it. So what was going on at the receptionist when you were introduced to this? You know, what what led you to be open to this idea and and how did you find EOS and traction to begin with? Well, there was a couple of things. One, EOS and Traction was introduced to me by a gentleman by the name of David Falwell. And David ran our marketing for uh, some time, and then we ended up bringing that in-house. And his company, Growth Co., is what it's called. And the Growth Co., they had, uh, he had actually implemented it at his company. And we used to, you know, go to happy hours and, you know, talk about our businesses and stuff. And he said to me, have you ever heard of traction in the entrepreneurial operating system? And I said, no. And it was right at a time where I was frustrated. As I've said on previous podcasts, I spend time traveling between Santa Fe, New Mexico and Denver, Colorado, because I split my time. Uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico being where my wife and kids are and my home is and Denver where my company is. And so I spent a lot of time in my car and I'm in one of the trips. I'm just thinking to myself, I can almost guarantee you that if you were to take all of my team members and each one of them went to a backyard picnic. And individually, they were asked, what's the vision of the receptionist? I feel as though, or if I, let's say an attendee at a barbecue said to somebody on the team, what's the vision for the receptionist? I think you would get as many answers as we have members of the team. And so I was frustrated about that. I felt like everybody wasn't on the same page. I also felt as though we had done some hiring. We had just been really lucky with some hires, but also we hadn't done such a good job with some of the other people we had brought on board. And I was frustrated by that. And so what I wanted was I wanted to get everybody on the same page. I wanted everybody to be on the same page quickly. And I wanted everybody to be on the same page genuinely. And that's really hard to do. 
because yeah. you do exercises like what are our core values and then you come up with your core values they get buried in some document you ask somebody six months later what are our core values and they say I, I'm, I don't know or they're as I said at a backyard barbecue and they can't enumerate what our vision is for the future and that's so important to have everybody on the team so as I began to read the book and when Dave Falwell um, let me know about the the book I started to listen to it and it was almost immediately I was like wow this is exactly what I'm looking for so I've read the book several times. I'm sort of a, a student of the book and that's what brought me to it. Love that. So then let's fast forward to kind of present day. Uh, what are the, the top few ways that the principles of traction EOS have been applied at the receptionist? Kind of paint a picture of some of these specifics. You've already touched on a few. Yeah. I mean, I want to start out with that whole story where it went from a 25-page business plan down to two pages. There's a, a famous quote. I can't remember if it's Ernest Hemingway or somebody who, who coined the phrase or, or said that I would have written a shorter letter if I had had the time. And editing down to something as concise as two pages to describe, describe your business sounds like, wow, that must be such an easy exercise. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It took us, I would say, to develop the first version of EOS, uh, my leadership team, Jessica Marshall, Director of Customer Experience, and Delenn Berry, Director of Engineering, and myself all worked over hours and hours and even took full day retreat sessions to come up with the different areas of the VTO. And the first very and most important part of the VTO are your core values. And a lot of people look at things like core values and they think trust falls and they think, wow, we're going to put all this like stuff together. And it turns out that actually those core values are unique to your company and are critical to your company as well. So ours, as we've talked about on past episodes, and this tells you sort of the impact the traction has had, is that fabric, which are our six core values, are brought up constantly in discussion and have even come up many times in our podcast. So that is exactly, you know, that is one thing is, is being able to define what those core values are and what fabric means to us. Another one is really pushing hard to say, what, what is our 10-year goal? Where do we want to be in 10 years? And that one alone ended up taking, I would say, eight, 10 hours of just trying to figure out where do we want this business to be? How are we going to measure it? How are we going to communicate that? We also had to come, come together to figure out what our marketing plan is. And it's not like we're trying to figure out our marketing system and we're trying to figure out how we're going to use Google AdWords. It's more, what are the core fundamentals of who we're marketing to? Who are we going after? Are they in the United States? Are they in Canada? Are they all over the world? Are we just focused in our region? Um, really having to understand all of that so that it gives you the ability to say no, because as an entrepreneur, you potentially are given numerous opportunities to go after something like a foreign market. And then you have to say to yourself, do we go after that foreign market? Because we could go after that foreign market or we could we could partner with this massive company. If we do, it could mean that'll change the entire focus of the company because it's only a small team. So those are some, just some of them. I'm trying to remember, I think it's eight to 10 actual elements of the VTO. If you just type in VTO in Google or virtual traction organizer, there's a PDF that shows all the different categories. And I go into all of them, but I don't think we have enough time on the podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll, have, every we'll, one. we'll spread that out over time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for, any, exactly. for anyone who's actually on our site, we'll link that um, so that people can get to that easily. So you've touched on this a little bit, but how does traction sort of help you or impact you in the company, both bigger picture and in the day-to-day -day sort of operations and functioning? So in the bigger picture, where that really comes in is it helps us make decisions that 
previously we might have gotten a little bit off track doing. In the book, Gino describes many different real-life situations of businesses where there might be a business that's hugely profitable and it's moving along and it's been doing so for 10 years and then something comes up. Oh, there's this other business maybe we could buy or there's this other area that we could get into. And, you know, almost predictably, they go into that area and it destroys the existing business because they lose their focus. So what the VTO has allowed us to do is to be able to stay on track. And when opportunities are presented to us, it allows us to determine, does this fit into the things we said in the VTO? And it makes it an easy discussion. There'll be times, too, when maybe a member of the team comes along and they say, I think we should do this. We think that's a great idea. Well, at the leadership level, we're able to say, is this actually falling in line with what we're trying to achieve in our VTO? And if not, is it something we really want to be doing? And that's kind of at the bigger level and the bigger picture. At the, the more kind of operational level, you know, it really a lot of that comes down to the core values. Core values dictate who even makes it to past the first point of applying for a position. Because if, if we can't see an alignment with our core values, there's no reason to even bring them in for an interview or even invest any more time. So that has been huge because we didn't have a good filtering system. You know, and also just operationally, you know, one of our, you know, fabric, R and fabric is respectful. If a customer is not being respectful to one of our team members, they have, everybody knows that they're, that they're supposed to bring that customer to me and I, I need to have a frank discussion with them about that. And it also means the other way that we treat each other with respect and we treat our customers with respect and our customers love that. They feel that and they know that every day. So it even just kind of impacts the small decisions that everybody needs to make without me as the CEO having to be getting involved in every little decision. Those decisions are decided because we know what we want this company to be in the future. Right. And I love that. And there's kind of this expectation, especially when you hire someone new, you know, Tom Foster, director of sales comes to mind because he was hired not that long ago. And just, you know, you're very upfront about who we are as a company and what the values are. And, you know, if someone supports that, and is that as well, then they might be a good candidate. And I remember, you know, the first time I talked with Tom, I was like, wow, it feels like you've been here forever and you just fit. And I think, again, that's because of how clearly those values have been laid out and the VTO and how people come into the company and you won't bring them in if they're not the right fit. Right, exactly. And I think that's a key point right there because everybody we've brought on since we started using Traction consistently, every one of them within a couple of weeks has said, Upon reflection, I have never felt part of a company so quickly than I have here. And I think that's because of what we gained by going through the efforts of traction. Absolutely. So where do you think you would be had you not discovered traction in EOS? Probably scary scary to think about. (laughs) (laughs) It almost gives me anxiety. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, frustrated. I, I think I would be very frustrated because I think, you know, a lot of the the meetings we have at a leadership level would be a lot of wandering around saying, well, what should we do? Should we do that? Or should we not do that? You know, we had a a really large partnership and I got very starry eyed with this particular partnership. And it was before traction. And had we had traction in place, honestly, we would have never set up the partnership from the beginning. And we're unfortunately having to unfold it. And for confidentiality reasons, I'm not going to describe which one it is, but it was... It's it's that kind of frustration I think we would be continuing to face of having to make decisions but not really having a strong 
operating system, really, for us to be able to describe what we're hoping to achieve, where we want to go, the values, what we respect, what we want to do. And then I think that, you know, the members of the team would be a little frustrated. They'd say, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure where this company's going and, and where Andy wants to take it and where leadership wants to take it. And by having traction, I think we have that. So I think those are some of the frustrations that we would really feel if it weren't for having traction. Yeah. And I would imagine you'd also have probably more turnover with your employees. You probably wouldn't have the employees that are as strong because that wouldn't be as clearly defined. You wouldn't have the the process that brings those amazing right fit people to the team. I could see that very frustrating and maybe more chaotic and not as consistent. Right. And, and just to just to kind of tag on to that, there's something in the traction methodology that talks about right person, right seat. And this just distills down exactly who needs to be in your company. First, you want the right person. The right person is somebody who matches your core values. They are consistent with your core values. And then right seat means they're in the right seat and they can do their job. They have the time to do their job. They're enthusiastic about doing the job and they're competent to the job. And it's very clear what you do. If you have a right person, right seat, then you know you have somebody on the team that is going to be productive and who is going to be awesome in the company. But if you have the right person in the wrong seat, then you end up in a situation where you've got the right person but they're not capable of doing the, the job. And then if you have wrong person, wrong seat, unfortunately, and the, the book talks about it, if you have wrong person, wrong seat, there's really nothing you can do besides exit that person. Right. So it's very easy, quick quadrant to see. And you can look around your team and just say, okay, do I have, is every, everybody on this team the right person? And are they all in their right seats? That's great. Now, what's been the most surprising impact from when you implemented these principles, either back when you first implemented it or maybe more present day? What's been most surprising, do you think? I think I think the core values, because I'll be honest, I think I started out with <laughs> it. It's Everybody says, oh, we have to have a vision and we have to have a mission and we have to have our values. And then you put them on some beautiful mural on the wall and nobody ever looks at it again. Right, or like the, the picture with the cheetah or like someone scaling yeah. a mountain. And it's very sort of aspirational and like surface level. Exactly. Exactly. Which is, not, which is not what any of this actually is. I was turned around because I thought this whole thing of working on values, and I thought it's just, oh, it's a bunch of BS, you know, but it turned out it's not. And now I'm a convert. Now I'm yeah. the person who you can ask anybody in this company, what are our core values? Automatically, they're going to say fabric. We recite them at meetings. We actually use them when we say something like, you know, I was working with this customer and, you know, or, you know, I've already talked about respect or, you know, the first one is fun. Mm -hmm. And that's, that comes from me. I don't, I want to have a good time running a company. Right. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who can live under massive amounts of stress and work 80 hour weeks and never see their family. And they, they basically give up their entire life for the mission of the company, but I'm not one of them. So I'm probably not going to be the next Steve Jobs or the next Elon Musk. Okay. But, they already you know, exist. We don't, we yeah, don't need more of them. Exactly. You know, and, but I am having a blast running this company and fun is intentionally the first core value. So I would say the most exciting part and the different, the thing that surprised me the most was that I would be a convert and say, I think core values are so important. And now I understand why, because we've hired people with right. the right core values, like the Toms and the Hannahs, you know, are part of our customer experience team. Everybody we've hired under that and the core values have made that difference. So that's been the biggest surprise. Great. Well, obviously, we, we know that we love EOS and traction and everything that has brought to the company. Um, any final thoughts for our listeners today? 
No, I think I think it's one of those things that you can, uh, you know, they have an audible book, they have a regular printed book, of course, and Kindle book, and I've got all three of them. I would just recommend picking it up. It's, yeah. I think, a really good investment if you're trying to build a business. And I've talked to people who have implemented traction in EOS, and it'll be a 200 or 300 person person company, excuse me. Or I've talked to people who are just getting their business going. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking of starting a business or you have already started a business, the best time to do something like traction is in the early days because you don't have to take an entire ship that is running in one direction and turn it completely where you might have 200 people, but half the people aren't the right people and half the people aren't in the right seats. That's a lot of work. Yeah. I figure we started this when I think we were only six employees and now we're growing and we're using it to build the company as we continue forward. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your love of traction and EOS with us and giving us more information on what this is and great recommendations that people check it out. So thank you so much for your time today, Andy. Yeah, thank you. It's a a topic, as you can probably tell, I'm kind of passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again. Okay. We hope that you got some good insight into happiness, what we've got going on to ensure that our team and our clients are happy, and maybe what you would like to do to increase the satisfaction or measure that satisfaction for your own clients and customers. And if you'd like to check out our two-week free trial with no credit card required, and to see what we do to make our potential customers and then customers happy, check us out at thereceptionist.com.